On this episode of Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered, we talk about one entrepreneur's journey for three different companies in prop tech, how she uh, started them, sold them, a famous Zillow dinner. It's juicy. Tune in. You talk about it privately. We talk about it publicly. This is the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered podcast. Welcome again to the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host, James Dwiggins, along with my co-host, Keith Robinson, <laughs> aka Crazy Uncle Keith. Yes, sir. Tell us about Melissa Kwan, the co-founder and CEO of eWebinar in our conversation. Yeah. Well, finally, we're not going to talk about lawsuits for an episode. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought we'd dazzle you with someone with a really interesting, thoughtful entrepreneurial journey. She's launched three companies, two of them inside of real estate, one outside. Uh, she's managed to become a digital nomad, live in two different countries. She's just a really interesting person who is brilliant and an entrepreneurial story that anyone should listen to, especially and people who don't Zillow know where dinner. their next... Oh, and, yeah, and the Zillow the dinner. You have and to you have to listen because of the yeah. Zillow dinner. <laughs> she probably has one of the most gangster stories of how to build, how to uh, get people's attention in residential real estate I've it's ever awesome. heard. It's pretty rad. So Tune put in. it in your ear, kids. You're going to dig it. Melissa, welcome to the show. We are super excited to have you. I have to start by asking, where are you located today? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> this will make a lot Melissa, of sense in a minute for all the... You, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Where, today, I am in Amsterdam. Where see? were you last week? Until yesterday, I was in Turkey. Specifically, okay. yesterday, I was in Cappadocia. Okay. Okay. Well, so uh, we'll cover that for everybody that's listening and, and following and everything else. Um, but we're, uh, we're excited to have you. I guess let's start with, since you're already started with some interesting answers, tell everybody a little bit about your <laughs> yeah. background. Um, are you a spy? Are, yeah, you a spy? are you a spy? Do you work for the CIA? running I mean, from the law? I wish I was as cool as that. Yeah, um, that and if I were, I would not tell you. That's or maybe fair. you would one I'm of those. Good at my job. Maybe there's one of those where you would because a real spy yeah. never would. Maybe it's yeah. no. Never yeah. mind. Yeah. Anyway, okay. I get you. Um, okay. Well, I mean, in a nutshell, um, I'm a tech founder. Um, had three startups, all bootstrapped. My first two companies were both in real estate or, or prop tech. Um, my second company, Spacio, I sold in 2019 after running it for five years, and that's where we all met. That is true. That's right. And that uh, after that company was acquired in 2019, um, I started my current company, eWebinar, two months after um, to solve the problem of doing the same webinar, demo, training over and over again. Um, and that brings me to today. So I've been running eWebinar for four years now. Um, and I am also... I guess a part-time nomad now, not full-time. Um, <laughs> Amsterdam is home for like okay. well, Amsterdam right. is home for like two slash three months a year. Um, <laughs> That's pretty nomadic. Yeah, but actually, yeah. we are now going to build a second home in Bangkok, so I will be going there in two weeks. All okay. Right. Excited. okay. Excited All right. All, All right. right. Well, so I, I mean, we have some, we have a lot of questions to get through, but <laughs> Lots. I, I mean, we're going to ask this, but like, how the hell did you get out of real estate? Like it usually just sucks everybody in and they can't ever make I the know. exit. I know it. So after my first company, I was like, I will never do real estate again. And then it, it did suck <laughs> me in once more. It sucked it, me in once more. And that experience was, was, was so I don't know how else to say this, but it was so soul crushing. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it was Lord. so hard. 
um, mainly because of, of what I was doing, right? Like my, yeah. my, the product that I was doing was very niche, mm-hmm. right? Like we couldn't really expand beyond what it was, you know, for people that don't know, it's like Spacio was and is an, an open house check-in app. Mm-hmm. It was just so niche that, um, we just couldn't expand the business beyond it sort like, of was what it was. Right. Yeah. 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 And, um, I just said like, after that, I'm, I'm just not going to be in real estate anymore. And even when I started eWebinar, like all these, like my, my real estate friends were coming to me, say, like thinking this was built for real estate. I'm like, please do not brand it as that. This is <laughs> a completely industry agnostic thing that anybody can use any industry, any language anywhere in the world. So, so it did take me a while to like actually get people's head out of the, fact that i'm like in real estate because I'm, well, I'm not so we're gonna press at some point during this yeah, podcast yeah. on why yeah. you have those feelings but i'm sure we can <laughs> all of the listeners are gonna be like oh god here we go yeah, uh and man you exited at the right time because yeah, the drama the llama the drama llama has run through knocking over all the tables in yeah. real estate the past 12 <laughs> to 18 months so like you're you're in a good yeah. you're in a good spot. Yeah, um, you got out at the right time. <laughs> well, just know that when I so I have an open house software and I don't know if you guys remember 2020, but mm, open houses were like against right. the rules. Yeah, no, good they timing. Were against, they yeah. were against about the, good timing. They were yeah. against the law in yeah. some parts of the country. <laughs> good yeah. uh, good timing. So, oh, well, let's man. do this. We um we always ask our guests uh three questions just to kind of give people a little bit of a background on you and then We'll dive into all of the <laughs> the topics on uh, real estate and sort of your journey because we think your journey is very interesting from mm-hmm. bootstrap to selling a business. And, and this will be good for a lot of the prop tech entrepreneurs that listen to our podcast to like have some inspiration as well. But and really, and really anyone who you know wakes up every day and doesn't know where their paycheck comes from. Yeah. Right. Like real estate agent, broker owner, like anyone who wakes up every day and isn't isn't counting on a salary. Melissa's lived that life for a long time. So let's hit her with the rapid fire. Okay. So uh, if you were a superhero, who would it be and why? So I don't have a superhero that I want to be, but I do want a superhero skill. Fine. And if I I could have any superhero skill, I would want to speak every language in the world fluently. Oh, so Ooh. you'd be like Miss Rosetta Stone or whatever. Like, yeah. That would be your superhero. Yeah, I would be, if I could be any superhero, I would be Rosetta Stone. That's, that's first of all, there should be one. <laughs> that's, that's a great cool. freaking yeah. superhero name. I can name. imagine, right? Being yeah. able to speak every language in the world fluently. I'd be super and then, rich. Not to go too deep, but like if aliens landed, which I guess now we're saying has happened, would you immediately learn that language in your superpower? Or are we going too deep into the... Well, I mean, I think it... I mean... Your question is like, I mean, I would want to speak every qu- uh, language in the world, but in this in world, maybe. Okay. All right. So yeah. if an alien yeah. came, that would not be in this world. So. Yeah. It's a all very right. strange Fair conversation enough. now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, never mind. Uh, all so- right. Favorite book or podcast. <laughs> and we're just going to press right through that one. Favorite book or podcast and why? Other than this one, of course. Um, my favorite book is The Alchemist. Ooh, um, if If you haven't read it, you definitely should. It's, I probably read it like 20 times in my life and I've gotten like at different stages mm-hmm. of my life yeah. and it, it, it yeah. inspired me differently, but it is just the ultimate story of yeah. someone who leaves home to chase their dream and goes through all these different obstacles and things like that and ends up exactly where they are. Um, I have yes. a response even saying that, yeah, but it's like, yeah, it's yeah. not like an entrepreneur book, but it also is. It's sort of a parable 
Yeah. Fable. Just amazing. Yeah. About life. Yeah. That's a great one. I, you know, I can I'm see re- why you like that, by the way. Just I'm going to reread that one this year. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to reread that one this year. All right, James, hit it with the last yeah, one. Yeah. So then- if you could have lunch with uh, one person, current hist- or historical, who would it be and why? Um, so the, the co-founder of a company called Basecamp, like 37 uh-huh. seconds oh, sure. Basecamp, yeah, like yeah. David, yeah. I forgot, like, I can't even pronounce the name. It's like Hannah Meyer Hansen or something like, sure. like DHH. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, he's one of my favorite writers, um, mm. like all his, you know, he, he wrote this one piece called reconsider and it is the best personal essay to, for that makes a case for bootstrapping that I have ever read. And just the ideas around like, you know, working remotely or, you know, optimizing for happiness over revenue and not taking investor money, like all of that is amazing. And being able mm-hmm. to build, you know, base count from nothing to who knows how many millions are, that, that they're at right now and being able to call all their own shots. Like that's like the the thing, like, like I want to grow up and be this guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're on your way. I, I mean, mean he's also like that. a race car driver and oh, he's damn. never driven a car until he was like early twenties. Wow. Yeah. And now he's like a race car driver, like just on the side casually. So, right. You know, that's interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to actually look that up because you know, that's ironically, uh, in our business, we bootstrapped it. And so we're always been yeah. proud of the fact that we've been able to call our own shots in, in next homes just for relevance. I just find that fascinating. I'll have to read some of his stuff. So, um, well, Keith, Let's take yeah. the next question. Take us out. So maybe start with just your, I don't know, like you touched on it a little, but you've, you've bootstrapped three companies. What I guess, what's your entrepreneurial ethos? Like what's your belief system around being an entrepreneur and building companies and how do you approach it when you're thinking about it? Yeah. So I didn't really get to come up with that ethos and philosophy until after Spacio was acquired, because I, mm. I was just in survival mode You're just for so long. Mm-hmm. My parents are not entrepreneurs. I didn't really know what I was doing. I just kind of winged it. Um, and I just never had time to breathe. I was always paying someone else's bills and right. never had a, a real livable salary. Like the, if I think like of the 10 years that I ran two real estate companies, like real estate tech companies, the only, year and a half that I got a real paycheck was when I was working for Homespotter. Right. When you got like acquired. With, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Before that, I was just like siphoning money here and there, paying bills, <laughs> taking side projects, making sure everyone else was paid before I was paid. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Um, I, I'm, I have to ask this because this Keith knows this is like a pet peeve of mine. I, I, here it comes. Uh-huh. I hate it when people say that like, oh, you're so lucky or it must be great being the CEO and like, it's just, you know, your world's different than everybody else's or, and I'm not saying there isn't luck, but most entrepreneurs I I speak with, it's just sheer grit and like perseverance. And you want to throw in the towel like 800,000 times during the journey because you're just like, this is so hard. And you did this for 10 years. It's now 13 years. 13 years. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think if you, if you want to be rich, you should just work for a big company and work your way up and learn how to invest your money wisely. But (laughs) that is like the opposite of what social media is telling everybody right now, right? Like if all of social media says, quit your job, go be an entrepreneur. So how do you, how do you balance that? Um, I mean, I, I want to answer your, your previous question yeah. first of like, what is my philosophy? Like mm-hmm. when I got to just kind of do a postpartum, I'm like, okay, like, yeah. number one, like, why was I never satisfied? 
for 10 years. Like, why mm. was I waking up? And that's why I actually sold the company. Like I was waking up frustrated mm. and not wanting to be there. Mm. And it just, that feeling was not going away. Mm. And I, it was very lonely because I couldn't tell my co-founder, you know, cause you know, I've sold him my dream. This right. was not our dream. This was this was my dream. You're like, right. I've got this great idea. Five yeah. years later, you're like, not so fast. Yeah, and I'm like, I just, yeah. I hated supporting my customers. I didn't want to go to any more conferences, right? I didn't really know what I was doing and I didn't want to be there, mm. right? And so when I had a chance to really think about like what I want to do next was kind of when I came up with, I guess my now ethos is, yeah. I think a lot of people, start a company or pick a career based on their education or their experience or both. Hmm. They think, oh, I have, like I was in real estate in the business side for three years and then I sold software at, at SAP and then I just combined the two. Right, mm -hmm. right? made sense, and right? It made yeah. sense, um, <clears throat> but I realized I was not truly satisfied or happy because I built a company not on top of what made me happy, mm. but because of what I knew and a lot of people do that. Right. And if, if, yeah. if what makes you happy and what you know are the same thing, you've kind of hit the jackpot. Mm, sure. Right. But like how different, like how it's not so different than someone who goes to school to be a lawyer and then they become a lawyer and then they're too deep into it, but they hate being a lawyer. Yeah. And then they and open then before, up and then and they then can't they, get out. Right. And, and then they do like, like oh, chef yeah, pop ups on the weekend or whatever. Right? Yeah, And then they're like on the way to being partner. So they don't mm. want to give that up. Right. So I was there. And so my ethos is really like, figure out what makes you happy. And it, it's not like this product makes you happy. It's like, for example, I made a, a list of 10 non-negotiables and it was like, must have a remote team, no more in-person conferences, um, has to be able to sell over the internet, right? Like, so people sign up on their own, not like you sell one-on-one. -on -one. So I made a, a list of those. Um, and those were the things that I needed to hmm. be happy. Hmm. And then I actually, through that process, eliminated 95% of the ideas that I had. Because it didn't fit that checklist. Yeah, that didn't fit that. And now even those things are hard, even though things are hard, I'm feeding my happiness, mm. right? So for example, mm. like if I hate going to conferences and doing one-on-one -on -one sales, but the industry and what I was selling requires me to do that, I'm pissed off like six months <laughs> of the year. And that's actually what was happening, Yeah. right? Yeah. And so my ethos is really happiness before revenue. Hmm. So that's kind of a new thing. Well, it's interesting because you only get one chance at this that we know of at least, right? So if you spend, what is it, 60% of your time working, I think. That's what the other number was. 60% uh, would be great. I'm trying to lower that. I know, sorry. <laughs> uh, but like, uh, there, yeah, 60% would be great, especially right. like 200%. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, but and going back to your question of like, okay, how do you balance that? It's like, I no yeah. longer balance that. Right. Because right. I now have this philosophy I realized that I want to integrate my work and my life together and rather than compartmentalizing because we're not creatures that can compartmentalize. But so if I built put a business, yeah, if I put happiness it, in front of revenue, then you, everything's integrated. That's really interesting. You, you built a business that would fit the life that you wanted as opposed yeah. to building a business then and then the finding life. a life and then finding a life that, well right 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 you inverted the paradigm basically yeah and i think most people especially you know in our industry they're they're looking at things from the revenue perspective but then i mean i we we all have met we all have friends in real estate and lots of them in our case you know and most people aren't happy 
they, you know, they're working seven days a week. They're not able to spend time with their kids. Like they're, they're, they're reversed in the, in the, in what you're referring to. So well, I, think- and I even know a lot of entrepreneurs who have started business, but they sort of like, I don't know, rear view mirror it, right? Like I have the lifestyle I want because I'm an entrepreneur, uh, eh, kind of, but you actually just built the business and grinded and suffered and, and it didn't perfectly align. And then it got big enough where you could buy your time back. Right. Uh, yeah. versus so what lucky. you, yeah, what you did that. was sort of started that way from the beginning and said, okay, I've done this twice. I mean, experience, experiential learning, right? I've done this twice. I know what I don't want. Uh, so let me figure out what I do want, uh, which I think is powerful. I've got a favorite Melissa story that I want to ask about, uh, if, if we're ready to shift gears a little. Okay. Do it. So you've talked about, we've talked about grit and the importance of grit. Uh, I don't like fake it till you make it. I think that's, I think that's sort of a silly statement. Uh, but you know, maybe if, if you aren't saying, Oh shit, every once in a while in your business, cause you're afraid <laughs> yeah. then you, Different you aren't doing times it. of the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, if you wouldn't mind, would you, would you be willing to tell the Zillow dinner story? Cause it's my favorite. It's my yeah. favorite. Melissa. Kwan that's one story. of my favorites. Actually. It's so it's, uh, good. I don't even know this. Oh, brace yourself. Yeah. This I'm bracing. Is, this is yeah. going to be great. Go ahead. Yeah. Tell the story. So that is a good story. And it's one of those things where you're like, wait, I did that. Like, yeah. you know how there's like a, like there's a time in your life when you're mm-hmm. so experienced where experience hinders you and you're just yes. not willing to do things because it's so yes. painful. Right. I you wasn't have, there. I yeah. was super green and I was, willing to do anything because I had to, I was so committed to, to making this thing go. Um, so it's a, it's an interesting story. So basically I had just moved to New York and I had this co-living space, which you guys have both seen. So for people that don't know, it's like, um, I, I became, um, a group of three people that pooled our resources to rent like a massive five bedroom, two level townhouse that we could live and work out of, but also have like our own events and also like have, you know, professional events. So, um, it was like the live work type space. Um, and there we, we would like, you know, host a bunch of dinners and stuff. So I moved to New York. I was at the lowest point of my career. I had no money, like 95% of money I was giving myself, like siphoning myself at the end of the month was to pay rent. And for, you know, you guys don't know this, but for a year and a half, I only had a hundred bucks in my account every day. Really? So I would, go to startup events for food. And I would have like a sweet, like I would have a sweet green salad every day at four 30 because if I ate at four 30, then I wouldn't be hungry at night. <laughs> so I did that for, for a year and a half. Jeez. Um, and I couldn't People make space. Go, and space yeah. wasn't really what it was yet. Like I was mm-hmm. still trying different open house apps, but like I couldn't get people to pay me money for what I was building. And so I was like, okay, so how do I put my, my name, on the map. Like I need people to talk to me and start building partnerships with me and start paying attention to me. I'm like, okay, I'm like, okay, Inman's happening in January. I know <laughs> I'm going to host a real estate leadership dinner out of my house. Cause when people come to your house, instead of going to a restaurant, it's a different relationship. Right. But the other thing is I didn't have money to go to a restaurant. You can't ask people to pay when you're hosting <laughs> right. a dinner. So then right. I wanted to host a real estate dinner during Inman at my house because my dining table fit 18 people. But I'm like, well, wait, like how am I supposed to get people to show up at my dinner? Like I'm like a nobody. So I was like, I know I'm going to invite Spencer Raskoff as my special guest <laughs> to my house to, to have like, you know, to, to, 
do this real estate leadership dinner. And that's what I was going to call it. It was real estate leadership dinner. Just in case I, someone's listening and they aren't sure who Spencer Raskoff is, share with us who Spencer yeah, Raskoff it, is. Uh, he was the CEO of Zillow at the time. Right. He's no longer, <laughs> but he was at the time. Um, and I think it was like 2016 or 2017. I think it was 2017. So like early 2017. So then I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna cold email him. Yeah. So then I emailed Spencer Raskoff and I was like, hey, I'm hosting this real estate leadership dinner. It's a day before Inman. We'd love for you to be our special guest. Um, are you free? I'm like, it's, you know, I'm like, many people are going to come. And then he was like, oh, I, I don't know what my schedule is. Can you check back in a month? And for people who don't know Spencer, he is the most responsive executive in the industry. Like he will respond to like anyone. He's just a super nice guy. I didn't know this at the time. So of course, like so I follow up. Just to I put a pin up. in that for two seconds, you cold emailed the CEO of Zillow to invite him to the dinner at my house, at, at your house. <laughs> yeah. Continue. That I was hosting where that many people hosting. are going to show up. And yeah. he was the special guest. Yeah. I didn't say how it. many people I just said people are going <laughs> to show up. Yeah. Many people are going to show up. I'm just hosting this dinner. It's a, it's like a 16 person dinner or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I check up with him in a month and fully expecting him to be like, not respond. And then he was like, Oh yeah, I'm free. Can I also bring, um, a friend of mine who's with street easy? which I guess like they had bought at the time. Street Easy is like the, the Zillow of yeah. New York. So I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I forget her name, but she Super runs cool. Zillow now. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, now that I have Spencer at my dinner. Well, hold on. Did you do, did you run around the apartment doing the happy dance? Or like what happened? You read well, that email. I mean, I was like nervous because yeah. I'm like, well, what if nobody shows up? <laughs> I'm like, what, what if no one shows up? Right. Yeah. So then yeah. um, I just went to the Inman site and I made a list of, all the CEOs and founders that I wanted to show up. And these are all like tech founders. Like, you know, back then it was like Boston Logic, you know, yeah. Jeff Turner. Yeah. You know. um, and I didn't know anybody. And then I emailed all of them and I said, hey, I'm hosting a leadership dinner. Spencer is going to be there. I would love for you to come. <laughs> and um, Z. Yeah. And then most people say yes. Some people are like, oh, I'm not like, I'm not going to fly until, you know, you know, till a day later. I'm like, I think you should change your ticket. So then I got multiple people to change their flights, including Aaron Cardell, who was the CEO of Homeswater, who ended up buying me, buying my company. Eventually bought your company. So the yeah. reason I met Aaron is because of that dinner. <laughs> and so, you know, 16 people came, Spencer did show up, and there's more. Because I couldn't pay for dinner, you know, and the wine and all the food, I ended up on the other side needing to find a sponsor for that dinner. <laughs> So then I found a sponsor to pay for that dinner and it wasn't even a relevant sponsor. I wanted someone irrelevant because I didn't want them to steal my spotlight. So it was just like a, you know, a social media platform <laughs> that just did like a quick pitch um, uh -huh. and basically paid for that dinner, had everybody show up and wrote about it. Uh, like one of the writers wrote about it and then it became the Zillow dinner. And then I, I and then I had separate meetings with you know everybody at that table throughout that week, and then eventually um, that is a I hell of an awesome Willis. story. That's and my favorite just Melissa Kwan story. Straight up gangster, like gangster. Yeah. you. And I wrote about a, this a few months ago, and then Spencer, like for the first time. Yeah, Spencer, Spencer never, never knew. Right? Like, yes. He never knew. He never. <laughs> he never knew. I bet he has total respect for you for doing that, though. I mean, that is just that is that is gangster. So, well, but like, let's let's make a, let's make a moral of this story. It's I always tell people when they ask, 
you know, how, what's, what's it, how do you get to the level of success where you are and what you've done? And, and most of the time I tell people, it's just, you just gotta be willing to put yourself out there. Yeah. You Ask try. questions, just yeah, try. Yeah. And so what if you yeah. get shot down? Like, well, you end just, up exactly where you were. Literally right. the same Nothing. spot anyway. So yeah. like, it doesn't hurt to try and, and put it out there. I mean, there's a good lesson there in, in residential real estate right now for all of you people listening in residential <laughs> real estate, pick up the phone and call people. Worst case scenario, they say, I'm not interested in selling my house. Yeah. Like, the anyway. And then we American. had that dinner every year after yeah. that. Right. right. It became a thing. Like with, yeah. And then it became a thing. And then Andrew Flackner and I started doing it together. Yeah. And it He's became still doing it, a broker by the way. dinner. Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool like, yeah. to, to see yeah. that kind of live on. Yeah. Um, no, it, it, uh, I actually just attended one of those in um, Austin. Uh, and Andrew was hosting it with Plunk. It was great. It was fun. It was, it was, there was like 25 people and it's just, it's definitely an interesting event. And it's funny because when I was there, I was thinking to myself, Melissa should be here. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You miss, uh, what's the famous American philosopher, Michael Jordan once said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? Like you've got to shoot your shot, right? And like you said, you, worst case, you end up back where you were. So, I, I'm gonna. I got a question I want to ask because you brought it up in the beginning, and I want to yeah. make sure we get to some of the juicy stuff. So, what, <laughs> like, you're not really in the real estate space anymore. You've obviously got your webinar, and we can talk about that for a few minutes. But I do want to also just like, what was the thing that drove you out of the industry? Like, let's get some of the dirty, dirty laundry aired about the problems with this business as a, a tech entrepreneur, literally trying to help people do more yeah. transactions. I mean, there were there were multiple things, right? Um, one was that it was it was just too small for what I was doing. Okay. Um, because if if you can think about like just to give people an idea of how niche it is, right? Like, how many agents are there in the US now? Like, is it one point five million or roughly some, somewhere yeah. like that? Okay, <laughs> so to let's be a say lot less, but yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let's say a percentage of those are like active, like producing. Yeah. Sure, right. Ten to twenty percent. Yeah, and so a, a fraction of those are producing, a fraction of those will, will do open houses. Right. And then a fraction of those will even consider automating those, right. like using technology. So that's our total addressable market. And real estate is so regional that like, it's not like you cannot take this technology applied to Europe or Asia like that. Cause that's just not how they sell Different real models. estate. Yeah. Right. yeah. By the and way, like, you'd explain that to the department of justice. That would be helpful. Different <laughs> conversation, <laughs> yeah. but like it yeah. doesn't yeah. operate the same around the rest of the yeah. world. Like for example, yeah. in Amsterdam, like they're, they're salaried employees. So they don't host open houses and they're not that ambitious or aggressive. Like they don't need open houses to generate leads. Mm -hmm. The lead mm -hmm. belongs to the agency. Right. Right. The commission goes to the agency and then gets distributed as a bonus. Yeah. Right. So yeah. um, yeah. that's kind of the, the, the big difference. So I, yeah. um, that's how small it was. So that's one. Um, but number two, like it's just a super backwards industry in the sense that like agents are laggards of technology. That's one. But the major issue is they're not used to buying technology. Like mm. they will, they are used to spending money to, but just not on that thing. Right. So they'll spend money on like, wine right or like a gift for their clients <laughs> or leads mm -hmm. but they don't buy like software that makes it more productive like their broker has to buy it and then the margins of the brokerage is as you guys know right diminishing over time you mm -hmm. have to be more competitive and then that that software budget has to be spread across many different vendors so not only are you fighting for budget that is is 
like kind of slimming dwindling. Yeah. And you're (laughs) also, you're also needing to support people who just don't understand technology in a way that someone else in another industry might. Right. So to give you an example, like half the people that we work with, like that use our software literally cannot understand offline mode because we're an open house software. You need to be able to use it without service. Right. Right. Like maybe this house doesn't have internet, sure. but they don't understand that you actually need to log in at home and download all your open houses first before you go. Like they don't understand why they can't log in without internet. So now you've got a really angry person <laughs> at their open house, not being able to use this and they didn't bring a clipboard. And then, and then that's my problem. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then like, yeah. And then they're, you know, their agents, angry agents are loud. They complain about us to their manager or, you know, they're, they're a broker and they don't like it. Yeah. Right. And then also like, because of the nature of my business is most active on weekends. Right. So not right. only now do I have angry people who don't understand technology, if they're eating away at my weekend. Right. Yeah. And right. I have a yeah. super small team. So we take all the calls, we do all the support, right. We like, yeah. and my best customers have me on text. And then when a high producing their top, like golden goose is screaming about it. I'm getting a text. On sorry the about the sorry about those weekend texts. Yeah. Oh, no, so you guys are actually like the best customers because <laughs> yeah. you guys are more reasonable. Like, when we you provide guys will be, first yeah, line support, you guys but, are, know that this happens, um, but not everyone as, as is as empathetic. So there was just how, a lot of this. How, what I think that some of that isn't like what it takes to be a great real estate professional isn't what it takes to be really good at technology. Oh, for sure. I think real estate agents are really, really good humanists, right? They can intuitively understand what a human being needs in the moment and provide them that, whether it's a pat on the back, a kick in the ass, whatever they need, they're intuitively pretty good at that. So they're brilliant humanists, but below average in general, below average technologists. But I wasn't getting paid enough for that pain. And and that was the issue. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. Like I wasn't, if I was selling leads Mm -hmm. for a couple hundred bucks a lead and I'm pumping out thousands or tens of thousands a month, I'd be like, yeah, Yeah. call me on the weekend. Right. Did you have, did you have integration with MLSs and work with associations at all? Were you involved in either one of Um, those two? Only at like the kind of the data level. Yeah. Um, And what was that like? I mean, we tried to sell the MLSs and some of the agents that didn't want to pay for it and their broker wasn't paying for it, wanted us to offer it through their MLS. But like everybody that's worked with an MLS knows that it's just fucking horrible, <laughs> right? Like they don't want to pay you because you know, they don't have that's enough a, money. That's a technical and, term that Melissa learned in business term. school. Yeah. <laughs> and like, terrible. yeah. And then, so they want to offer your <laughs> software for maybe a freemium. Um, or like they want to put you in their app store. Like there is like no successful app store outside of Apple or like, you know, Google or whatnot, mm-hmm. but they, they don't also give you a hunting license. So at least if you work with a franchise, they give you a hunting license, Right. but an MLS will never give you their list of agents. Right. So not only do they want you to give it away for free and they don't have money to pay for it because maybe it competes with their members and their brokers, they don't give you a hunting license. So you can't so upsell. the like yeah, so mm-hmm. then you can't actually upsell. So, so it's the, somewhat it somewhat inhibits innovation in a way. Like just in general oh, yeah. of how we get more innovation into the hands of the industry is there's almost too many barriers in that process, basically. You've got so many hands in the pot at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, I, I think and, and that's why like I feel like after Spacio, like my my responsibility as a human being <laughs> is to convince 
other startup founders who have, who are not currently in real estate, who think real estate is an awesome opportunity away from doing it. But at least if they want to do it, then I want to let them know, like, what are the potential obstacles yeah. Yeah, that yeah. Um, they would have to overcome? Our industry has got a lot of problems. We are, Keith and I <laughs> met going to an industry function where we were in the middle of 2008, nine uh, and yeah, everybody yeah. in the room was talking about how great their companies were. And Keith and I stood up and like, you're all full of shit. We're all broke. <laughs> we're about to all die at this point. We left the meeting, went to the bar and drank for four and a half hours and talked and yeah. talked, talked yeah. a lot about a lot of things. That's yeah. literally a true story. But my, mm -hmm. my point though is I think that whenever I meet with entrepreneurs and they're like, okay, there's 1.5 million realtors and we're going to get, 30% market share. Yeah. And I'm like, nope, you're no, not. We'll Actually, that's completely <laughs> yeah. inaccurate. Uh, um, but, you know, I think he's got a good point in that, you know, this industry is, we're very good humanists. We try mm -hmm. very hard to shelter clients and walk them through an extraordinarily emotional transaction. And we're just not good at the business operations side, which to your point, though, is like, that's the whole point of Spacios, to make things more efficient and easier. Right. But we're just the industry just struggles with the ability to take this high level, high emotional individual and then get them to be a business operator. And they're all operating their own businesses. I mean, they're all independent contractors for the most part. And so it's a it's a tough business. And it can be very difficult. And to your point, you've obviously gone to a lot of therapy since to try and get out of <laughs> residential real estate. So, um, well, we only have a few minutes. So tell us just real quick. I, I want you to wrap up with like a few key points, but you're doing e-webinar. Mm -hmm. which is a really interesting product. So do you have like this, the 30 seconds about what it is? I think it's yeah, a really it's, fascinating tool, especially with the world that we're in today. Yeah, full disclosure, yeah. we use it. We <laughs> love it. Like yeah. I, I, I would try very hard not to fanboy, but as someone who hates demos, because I do most of the demos for new products for yeah. our company, uh, having something that makes it easier uh, to, to present demos is amazing. So the three yeah. minute elevator pitch on e-webinar. Yeah. So e-webinar, we automate live webinars. So imagine all the live demos, live training, onboarding that you're doing over and over, or you wish you could be doing, but no one wants to run them because um, everyone hates running the same thing over and over again. <laughs> we take a video, we <laughs> deliver it as a webinar um, that you can set on a recurring schedule or make available on demand. So agents can watch their trainings, watch their demos at evenings, weekends, middle of the night, and you never have to be there to run them live. And we preserve the chat component. So when they ask a question, if you happen to be there, you can respond live. But if you're not there, you wake up in the morning, you can answer all their questions uh, through email. So every single question is answered. They get the content that they want. Um, and you can run hundreds of webinars every single month without actually being in front of a camera. This would be a fantastic tool for brokerages to have for training on all different programs yeah. and exactly. We also you know, work with MLSs <laughs> because they have like so much training and like yeah. one trainer. Yeah. yeah. We'll put a link in the show notes to, to, to learn more about eWebinar. All right. So, we've got just a couple minutes. We would be remiss, in my opinion, if we didn't ask you about your sort of digital nomad experience. It's something that you've done for a long time. Was that just sort of who you've always been or was that learned behavior? Yeah, I think it's learned behavior. I actually just wrote about this. Um, it's interesting, right? Because when Spacio started, like was like approaching profitability. Mm hmm. 
And remember, this was my second company. My first company became my second company. So I was always in survival mode until like seven years into my founder journey. Mm. So like about two and a half years into Spacio, we made our first $10. Yay. And then within that year, we broke even. And then a year after we, we sold the company. So as we were approaching profitability, I freed up the mind share, I guess, to ask myself, what do I want? Hmm. I spent seven years paying other people's bills. Like, and like, what, what is it that would make me happier if this is already going to be hard? And I never traveled as a kid. Like, and I always wanted to do, do, to do more of it. So uh, that's when I left New York to travel full time, just living out of Airbnbs. And, and that lasted three years before we found Amsterdam and just fell in love with the city um, and made this a home base. Um, but what's interesting is after four, three years of, of now eWebinar being on the market, like launching the product, we've just hit profitability. Mm. And I find myself with a familiar feeling of like feeling a bit unsettled with where I am and like <laughs> ready for a new adventure. Like I'm a big city person. Like Amsterdam is, is a, a small cozy village, but like I, New York is, has gotten so expensive that I don't think I can go back there and actually enjoy myself. But I've always wanted to explore Asia more. Um, I love Bangkok. Bangkok is like the, the New York of Asia. Um, and, and we've decided to make that a, a winter home, but also yeah. more of a second home. Uh, but it's a very, like, and I realized through now living through this twice that when work is so chaotic, mm. like I need everything else to be yeah. structured. Like right. I just Calm. cannot have any unpredictable elements in my life. Mm. Mm. But when work stabilizes, I'm now craving chaos. Chaos. <laughs> chaos. Maybe yeah, that's I, your superpower. You're yeah, chaos like, creator. I want mm. new stuff in my life yeah. now that it's becoming better and better. And the thing is, like, you webinar is now the highest revenue biggest company i've ever built mm -hmm. um you know we just hit like 1.5 million arr like i've never gotten here and so everything is new and but i'm comfortable right for the mm. first time ever like i'm paying everyone's bills we have a livable salary that's weird yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> congratulations yeah so i'm excited yeah. about like what the next phase holds and also be able to like also be able to be in a new city, be more creative, meet interesting people, and also, you know, build this on the side. We love this story um, and your journey. I know Keith and I are, are obviously huge fans of, of you and everything that you've accomplished. Um, and, uh, and, and what can't wait to do another one of these with you, I guess to be in Bangkok the next time yeah. we probably do this. So yeah. you guys should come visit. We, okay. So I'm done totally yeah. in. So mm -hmm. I've never been, but I've always wanted to go. So, um, Melissa, thank you so much for being here. We enjoyed your uh, your story, your journey, and we look forward to hearing more of these stories. And I want to hear the next gangster move that you did in your next adventure <laughs> with the Zillow Well, Bitter, experience so. now hinders me, so I don't do all yeah. those like I don't do all those cool you don't things. Do all that maybe that's the thing you have we'll to go see. back to doing. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. Um, anyways, great, good, great to see you. So thanks thank so you. much. You don't want to let Keith down, do you? Hit subscribe, and not only will you never miss an episode of this podcast, but you'll also never make Keith sad. He's easily entertained.